Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. Join me as we head into service. What is truth? We're going to look at that question once again this week. Last week, we began the series by looking at the question that Pontius Pilate asked Jesus Christ before he went to the cross. And we talked about some of the theories of truth down through the centuries, the correspondence theory of truth that deals with facts. And I'm certain there are some of you who said, a fact is truth, isn't it? If it's a fact, it must be true. Well, truth is based on the origin. Truth has a heavenly origin. Facts have earthly origin. The basis of facts is born out of mathematics, which was discovered in sixth century BC by the Pythagoreans who coined the phrase or the term mathematics. And so mathematics is earthly. It's about structure, it's about form, but truth is found in a person who often reminded us that he was not from here. That he, he even told Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world because if it were, they would fight for me but I'm from another place. And those of us who are in the kingdom of God need to understand truth. And truth is not even something, beloved, that we understand. Truth is something that we know. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. There are people who are very intellectually capable, capable who have deep, understanding, but they can neither see nor hear the truth. And we will unpack that a bit as we get into our text. And so we talked about a few other theories of truth where Aristotle and some of the great philosophers, Socrates, Aquinas, saw truth as metaphysical and then secular humanism we talked about where truth is relative. Today, we're gonna to dig into a text where we look at truth from a different perspective. The question is the same, what is truth? But in the realm of the church, the people of God, how do we discern truth? And we're gonna look at an Old Testament example in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 28, and we're gonna read a bit, verses one through 10, so that we get the full context of this, and then we will see what the Lord says to us. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming into your presence. We pray now that you would open our eyes, that we might behold wondrous things coming out of your word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Jeremiah 28, beginning at verse 1, reads, And it happened in the same year, 
at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month. I want you to remember that. The fourth year and the fifth month. That Hananiah, the son of Azor, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priest and all the people saying, thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two full years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah who went to Babylon, says the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform your words which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house and all who were carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people, the prophets who have been before me and before you of old prophesied against many countries and great kingdoms of war and disaster and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. Then Hananiah the prophet took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. This text shows a contrast in the prophetic word. One that came from Jeremiah, which did not sound so good in the hearing of the people. He told them that the Lord said for 70 years they were going to be in Babylon. In fact, the reason for the Babylon, the Babylonian captivity went back to Hezekiah who showed visitors from Babylon all of the vessels in the Lord's house. And God said to Hezekiah that because he did this, his children, his descendants were going to captivity. But he told them in his time, it was going to be peace. Jeremiah was one of the prophets who stood up and spoke in the hearing of the king because he was a prophet to the nations. From his youth, God told him he was going to tear down and build up and that his word would be in his mouth, even from the days of his youth. 
And so Jeremiah spoke only what the Lord told him to speak. His ministry wasn't popular because the things that he said didn't always jive with the narrative of the people. And so it was acceptable or it was desirable when one like Hananiah stood up and said, in other words, it's not gonna be 70 years. God told me that in two years, he's gonna break the yoke off of the, the neck of Nebuchadnezzar and all the vessels, everything is going to be restored. Everything is going back. Our princes, our kings, and all the vessels of the house of the Lord. Now he did this in, the, in God's house, in the presence of the priests, and in the presence of all the people. And even though Jeremiah said amen, he had to take a moment to say, you know, the prophets of old, the prophets who came before you and me, he was respecting Hananiah as a prophet. And in humility, Jeremiah said, if the Lord said this, then let it be so. May God perform his word. This is good news. At least it sounds good. So if God said it, then we'll know it when it comes to pass because the old time prophets talked about disaster. They talked about war. They talked about pestilence. And what Jeremiah was saying is the word of God comes to correct us. The word of God comes to rebuke us. And the word of God at time comes to judge us. Now that doesn't mean that an amen is not a good thing, but even Jeremiah, the prophet, said amen because it sounded good that instead of 70 years, God has accelerated this thing and he's gonna take 68 years off of our captivity. Who wouldn't say amen to that? But what is truth? It sounded good because it fit the narrative of the people. And beloved, I want to tell you that we're living in a time where truth appears to fit the narrative of people and people trust in a lie more than the truth because it sounds good. And sometimes in the church, we conflate the gift of prophecy with that of the office of a prophet. They're different. See, Jeremiah for 32 years preached and prophesied only what God said. He didn't have a large following. He was, when he would speak to the king, he would end up in trouble more times than not. In fact, King Zedekiah asked him a question, similar, kind of like the question that was asked of Jesus by Pilate. And Zedekiah said, is there a word from the Lord? And the prophet Jeremiah said, yes, there is. And when he told him the word about this Babylonian captivity, he ended up in prison because the princes didn't like it. They said, he's making the knees of the people weak. We got to put this guy away. And he ended up in the pit. And out of that, the book of Lamentations was birthed. But Hananiah comes in and speaks a different word, a more pleasant word. The gift of prophecy is given to the church to encourage us. 
to admonish us, to build us up. But a prophet who always prophesies good things is not a prophet. If you have one-on-ones with prophets and every time you come out, you're more prosperous and your life is better, then Jeremiah brings into question that prophet. He said, if it comes to pass, then the Lord sent you. But if it doesn't, the Lord has not sent you. There's a young prophet who I've never met personally, but I know him because I follow him. And I've seen him set the church on fire. I've seen him speak things that no one would know except God reveal it to him. But I've also seen moments of this young prophet being presumptuous, prophesying things that were very specific. And as Jeremiah said, you'll know if it came to pass or not. And the time came and went and it didn't happen. And I so want this young man of God to be successful. I I would make excuses and I would say, you know, maybe he just got the date wrong, it's gonna happen. And months go by, still nothing. That doesn't mean that he's not a prophet. It just means in that moment, he was speaking his own word and not the word of God. Jeremiah acknowledges Hananiah as a prophet, but God had not spoken to him. We need to be sure and very sure that it is God who we're hearing. And that's why Jesus said, you will know the truth. It's not about interpretation. It's not about understanding the truth. It's about knowing the truth. And those that are of the truth, he said, hear my voice because the truth is in him. The spirit of truth testifies of him. There's a spirit, there's a spirit of antichrist that will cause people to believe a counterfeit. But then there's the spirit of truth. Beloved, I would to God that you would never fall for a lie, that you would never fall for a counterfeit. Hananiah was so dramatic that he took a wooden yoke and he put it on the neck of the prophet and then he broke it, saying that this is what God is going to do to King Nebuchadnezzar. And although what he said sounded good, it wasn't of God and so it didn't come to pass. I want to read a little more so that we can go a little bit deeper. Jeremiah 28, 15 through 17 gives us a little more information about this. Jeremiah 28 and 15 says, then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, hear now Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you Now, let me fill in the blank a little bit here. Between verse 10 and verse 15, you can read that uh, in your leisure. Jeremiah 
was going on his way, he had, he had already said, the Lord performed what you said, Hananiah. And as he was going on his way, the hand of God came upon Jeremiah. And he said, I have not sent Hananiah. You go back and tell him. Tell him that the yoke, the wooden yoke that he broke, I'm now going to put an iron yoke on the neck of Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, this yoke cannot be broken. I said, you're going to be here for 70 years. You're going to be here for 70 years. I have not changed my mind. Our God is a God who changes not. And his word is immutable. And I am persuaded that when the word of God goes out, it never comes back void. And God doesn't change his mind mid-sentence. This young man who in the presence of the priest and in the presence of all the people, I'm certain had people now beginning to believe what he was saying and becoming hopeful. But their hopes would turn to disappointment if they did not know the truth. There is always a purpose that God has, even if the truth is harsh, even if the truth is hard. God is working out a purpose. He's doing something. He had a plan for Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, just as he did for Judah and Israel. God's plan is to save the world. God's word is about correction. It's about instruction. It's about rebuke. And it's not always going to be that which fits our narrative. And I'm concerned about the perilous times that we live in, as I'm sure you are, that things that are repeated over and over in the mind of some become truth. And people begin to trust in that which is not true. Let's continue in the text. The Lord has not sent you, but you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. If you recall in verse one or the earlier verses, it was the seventh year and the fifth month. So now two months later, he's gone. Because he, he caused the people of God to trust in a lie. It is a terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. It is important as stewards of the word of God that we speak what God speaks because anything that is not of the truth and anything that is not truth causes the people of God to rebel against God because the word of God is right. The word of God is pure. 
If anything contradicts that, and people trust in that, by nature, the people are rebelling against God. And you don't want to be the one who causes that to be so. That's the situation that Hananiah was in. What Hananiah said sounded so good, the prophet Jeremiah said, amen. One whose God, God's hand was upon, heavy upon him. But in a moment where things were tough and people were being brought into captivity, young men were being slain, all the things that were precious to them were being wiped out. Good news sounded good, but good news is only good news if it's the gospel, if it's the truth. It is not good news, it is false news. Even if it sounds good, if it's not the truth. What is truth? There are times when the enemy, one of the ways that he comes in like a flood is he transforms himself into an angel of light. 2 Corinthians 11, 14 and 15 tells us, and no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. Hananiah transformed himself into a minister of righteousness. He went in the midst of priests and prophets and all the people in the house of God. He apparently believed what he was saying, and he ended up according to his works. Because he caused the people of God to trust in a lie and to rebel. I want to let you know today that it's the truth that makes us free. A lie brings us into bondage. I don't know about you, but I want to be, I want to be free. And freedom comes through the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It makes us all free. I don't care how good a lie sounds, it's still a lie. I don't care how harsh the truth sounds, it's still the truth. And nothing can change it, whether I believe it or you believe it. Whether we do not believe it, the truth is still the truth. That's why it's important for us to know the truth, to discern the truth, and to hear and see the truth. Jesus said that there are some who cannot see or hear the truth when it's right in front of them, when it's right in front of them. But there are some who are without, who when they observe Jesus the Christ through the spirit or through word, their hearts become tender. An example of that is the centurion who grew up, who was at the cross, and this man grew up in the Roman culture and was taught all his life and in his profession as a centurion who kept watch over those who were on the cross. He was taught from day one 
that anyone who hangs on the cross is a thief, is a criminal, and deserves to die. Anyone who is on the cross is being paid for what they've done. It's payment for what they've done against Caesar and against the laws of Rome. But one day, he was at the foot of the cross and he saw two thieves and a man in the middle. And that man was Jesus. And after Jesus gave up the ghost and breathed his last, that centurion who all his life was taught and all his life believed with great conviction that anyone who's hanging on the cross is a criminal and deserves to die, said these words, surely that man was the son of God. He saw some things that day that he'd never seen before. He saw it go from daylight to darkness in an instant after Jesus breathed his last breath. He saw the, and felt the earth tremble. He heard the words that came out of Jesus' mouth while he was on the cross. And by hearing that, he saw the pardon of one of the criminals who asked for forgiveness. And at that moment, that centurion believed. And when he believed, he was able to see the truth. The world says seeing is believing. I want you to know that in the kingdom of God, believing is seeing. When I believe the truth, I'm able to see the truth because I become of the truth. And everybody who's of the truth hears his voice. And those that hear his voice will not follow a stranger. Hananiah followed a stranger. Hananiah spoke that which caused the people of God to rebel against God. I pray today that God would raise up prophets across this land who would prophesy only what God speaks, who would speak the word of God in season and out of season, would never stray, would not just go for the things that sound good, would not just seek amens, not seeking popularity and likes and all the things that we crave on social media, but would speak the word of God, speak the truth in love so that the people of God can be corrected, so that we follow only after God, never a stranger, so that we're never in rebellion to the word of God. We follow him straight, straight is the way, and narrow is the path, not going to the right or to the left, but only looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. The truth does not always sound pleasant to the ear. Although our response to the things that sound good and are perceived to be good for us can cause us to affirm that which is not true. In the age of fake news and propaganda and all of the stuff that's happening with the rapid transfer of information. I pray that you would never be swallowed up in the culture. I pray that you, like the centurion at the foot of the cross, would see Jesus afresh. 
would hear the truth, would see the truth, and know the truth, and never be deceived, never be deceived. I pray that you would see a lie afar off. I pray that what comes out of your mouth is dripping with truth. I pray that right now God would dip your tongue in truth so that you speak what God says. The word of God is right. The word of God is pure. And even though Jeremiah liked the sound of what Hananiah said, God didn't let him go too far without correcting him and telling him the truth. I speak over your life right now, and I say that everything that you hear in your ear, if it is not of God, I pray that the hand of God will come upon you and correct you in such a way that he lets you know, I have not sinned that one. I did not send this one so that the word of God would be hidden in your heart that you might not sin against him because the devil transforms himself into an angel of light and he has ministers going to and fro who sound good, who sound pleasant. And beloved, when things are tough, we all crave good news. But I want you to know the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fact that he's coming back. This light affliction that we're suffering is but for a moment. It's not worthy to be compared to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. That's our hope. That is our hope. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We hope in him, and we shall not follow a stranger, nor shall we believe a lie. The prophets who prophesy good things will be known if what they say comes to pass. And what that means is there's a time for good things. There is a time. That's why God put the gift of prophecy in the church so that we all can be edified. But the one who walks in the office of a prophet sometimes has to stand alone. That's why John the Baptist lived in the wilderness. He wasn't among the people. He wasn't about making friends. He wasn't about being popular. He had a job that was given to him by God. And the only thing that came out of his mouth was what God said. I covet that there would be more of those in the earth. They're only, they're precious precious few. There's so many people who are looking to appease. There's so many people who want to cater to the masses. There's so many people who have had their ears dulled and their senses dulled because they've gone the way of pleasing people. Popularity has become an idol in our time. But I, I want you to know that Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, their prophetic gift, their office of the prophet, made them less popular 
Elijah and Elisha, there were kings who didn't want to hear from them because you don't, Micah, you don't prophesy good to me. Every time you prophesy, you prophesy something that's doom and gloom. Well, change your behavior. God speaks to us to correct us because he loves us. He doesn't want us to fall into the pit. And so he does what he has to do to correct us. Let me bring this home. Even though Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan, even before the captivity, God called Nebuchadnezzar his servant because he had a plan for him. Nebuchadnezzar didn't know his destiny, but God did. And in the end, and we'll look at that next week, Nebuchadnezzar called on the name of the Lord because there were faithful young men in captivity like Daniel who didn't waver. God is looking for people who won't waver. That is the greatest witness to the world, not going in on the narrative of the world and becoming like the world, but standing, standing on the promises of God, standing on the word of God, and speaking and living and walking in such a way that your witness to the world will cause great people to fall on their knees and say, what must I do to be saved? I sense there's someone out there today who, have heard, who has heard the word and who wants the truth, who really, really wants to get to know the truth, the person who is the origin of the truth, the person who says, I am the truth. And the only way to God is through him. That offends some people but it's still the truth. It is still the truth. And today I want to offer you Jesus who will become your hope, who will become your source of everlasting life, who will be your protector. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I know you're lonely, but you don't have to be lonely anymore. He will come to you and he will sup with you. If you just hear his voice, he promised to open the door. If you open the door of your heart and let him in, he'll sit with you. He'll be with you always, even until the end of the age. I wanna pray for you, Father. I pray for every soul that is cast down that is longing and thirsting for you. Fill them with righteousness. Let every seeker find you because you promised that if everyone who seeks finds, everyone who knocks, the door is open. And I pray now, God, that they would have a fresh encounter with your son, Jesus. Christ. Bless them now and make them a blessing in Jesus' name. And now the Lord bless you 
The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.